T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, good morning from the Minnesota State Fair. We've got a great crowd. I'm going to put you on here. Just a little demonstration for the people at home. This is the crowd in front of us. That doesn't include all the people stacked up in the street and across the street pretending to be in the bakery line. Uh, got a great uh, list of guests here this morning. We're we'll starting things out with Lester Bagley, who's already on the stage here with us, talking about Viking football. In case you don't know, they won their third straight preseason game yesterday. Tim Cheetah joins us uh, at about 9:35. Tim, former Major League umpire, always fun when he comes around. We'll open that part up for questions, both for people at home and people here at the fair. P.J. Fleck uh, agreed to go on a little early this morning. He'll be on the phone. Couldn't be here this morning because they opened their season on Thursday. He will join us on the phone at 10.05. Thank you. The reason he'll be here at 10.05 is because at 10.30 we've got two Vikings coming. Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes will be here with us. So you want to stick around for that. Jake Cave will be on the phone. That's going to be at 10.45. In case you haven't noticed, Jake Cave may be the hottest of the Twins batters right now. Maybe Sano would be another one, but Jake Cave will be on the phone. Mark Coyle, U of M Athletic Director at 11.05, and Manny Lagos at 11.30. Before, well, Mike, I'll let you ask the first question of Lester. I want to give some credit to, uh, to my partner here, Mike Max. Mike is the person who put this together. It is tough to get people out to the State Fair. And Mike, uh, it might have been Wednesday, I was out of town, and you sent me the list of people. Nice work, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And then you know, and then you got to explain to them that Sid Hartman's going to be out here too. Oh, I and forgot. you guys still yeah. got to get him to, to come out. Sid so, Hartman will be here at 12.05. We lied yeah. about the time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, maybe 10.05. Lester Bagley, the Minnesota Vikings are unbeaten in the preseason, but that's almost uh, inconsequential. You guys are looking at the big picture and whatnot. Uh, the, the Vikings, three years ago, or let's go back four years, a new stadium, a new practice facility. How is it different to be in the Minnesota Vikings organization today than it was four or five years ago when everything was in concept and in flux? Well, it's thanks for having me on. Fun to be out here uh, in the morning at the State Fair. I've been on last couple of years. Great to be here. Appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great run. We've got a great organization, great owners, uh, a great coach. Uh, GM and and you know we got our players we have a veteran deep team but accomplishing the new stadium build adding the practice facility we really have a you know it's it's approaching well-oiled machine and the way this organization operates and it's a blessing to be part of it uh, you know the bottom line is we still have one thing missing from uh, from the mantle place we need that Lombardi uh, but we have a, a great organization uh, and a great leadership and we're excited about this season. You know, Lester, we used to joke about the football season. Uh, you know when it started, you knew when it ended. That's not the case anymore. You guys are in the news all the time. Most recently, just when we were starting to count the money and uh, pat ourselves on the back for the Super Bowl, we're talking about a future Super Bowl. And then quietly slipped in there was the NFL draft. I, I think the, we were talking in the uh, press box yesterday, a lot of excitement around the draft, uh, and that's a little bit gone unnoticed in the talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, the, the draft could actually be a, a larger event because it's a three-day event. If you recall, last year the NFL draft was in Nashville, and they had 180,000 people each day for three days. So it's a, it's a major 
uh, event. Uh, we're pushing hard for the draft. We're pushing hard for the Super Bowl. We just threw our hat in the ring, which is a part of the NFL's requirement. There's a, a uh, an application to bid, basically, throw our hat in the ring so we can get those events. But uh, Super Bowl is awesome. We did. It's down the road a piece before we will even be considered for another Super Bowl. It's 10, 11, 12 years that are the three years that we applied uh, after Super Bowl 52. So that's not till 2028, 20, 29, and 30. But the NFL draft it would be sooner. The NFL draft would be as soon as 2024, which comes comes up fast, um, as did the Super Bowl, all the planning that went into that. But the NFL draft would, would have to be in, in Minneapolis, but it would be a regional event where we'd cover St. Paul, Bloomington, Egan, to make sure we have all the ancillary events. But it's a, it's a great economic in, impact, but it's also great for our brand, meaning the Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Minnesota, that would be great to have that many people come to have a, a draft in Minnesota. How did, how, did that, how did the draft evolve from NFL headquarters? What day did they say, you know, this is working great in New York, but I think we can really do something if we bring it to all the NFL cities because it's become, I think it's it's the highest rated sporting event in the spring and it surpasses NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Right, and it's now over three days and it's a primetime deal and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, Saturday afternoon. But, it, you know, it, it became a big deal about five years ago. The, the NFL had some conflict with Radio City, which is where in New York City, in Manhattan, where they had the draft for, for many years. And then they thought, well, maybe we should look at moving it. And then they thought, well, maybe we should take it on the road. And they went to Chicago. They went to Philadelphia. And, and they went to Dallas. And then last year in Nashville. And each evolution in each new city it's become even bigger. It got some more juice, didn't it? Got more energy, more momentum, and and now look at it. So so now it's and and we and what we argue with the NFL and our and the leadership and the owners and Commissioner Goodell is that there needs to be equity. We we need if you're going to move the draft around, you need to make sure it comes to Minnesota. We obviously got the Super Bowl, but we did such an amazing job on Super Bowl and on Final Four last year that the NFL knows that we can deliver great events and big events. And that we have a great market, great hospitality, hotels, restaurants, state fair. Um, but we, you know, we want to we want to you know, bring those events here because there there's economic impact to the market, not necessarily to the Vikings, but it's good for our brand and good for our our momentum. That voice is Lester Bagley. If you're just joining us, Lester it used to be that pro sports were neatly divided into silos. You had a national search, wound up with the baseball guys, yeah. the new head of operations, uh, the Vikings. Talk about that. Yeah, we, you know, after 14 plus years, Kevin Warren, our current chief operating officer, and I started the same day uh, working for the Wolves. I did, I had done some consulting prior to with the Red McCombs on the stadium project, but. Kevin and I joined the organization 14-plus years ago. This is our 15th season, but Kevin will be leaving. He'll be sorely missed. He's going to be the commissioner of the Big Ten, and uh, a great job. First African-American commissioner in uh, Power Five Conference, and will be sorely missed at the Vikings. But he, uh, along with our executive leadership team, have put together a, uh, an, an amazing uh, operation. And, and so we brought in Andrew Miller, and Andrew will be our new uh, chief operating officer, as, as you mentioned, Dave, he was uh, four years at Toronto Blue Jays and 10 years at Cleveland Indians. His role there was executive vice president of business operations. He's a great guy. He's very uh, much a collaborator, uh, very focused on business, and uh, we're excited about him joining. He, he was in, in the office for a few days last week, uh, and he'll start officially that first week in September, but 
he's 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 got a you know a, some big shoes to fill with Kevin, and he knows that. But he also has a pretty smooth running operation that he needs to step in and. And uh, we'll we'll uh, he'll we'll huddle up with him and he'll do a great job. I was going to say you got the stadium and the practice facility. It's a good time to come in and take that position. You know you're going you get asked by other teams now as to you know how do you get them built. You went right. through it. You lived in the trenches during the stadium. What, what's the piece of advice you give, or is every market completely unique? Yeah, I think that latter point is every every stadium, every city, every has to resolve their their facilities issues on their own, their own way, their own local story. But there are some similarities, and, you know, for example, we were talking earlier, we're going up to Buffalo. Our fourth preseason game is Buffalo Bills, and we play Buffalo. Uh, a couple of us are going to sit down with uh, some of their front office guys, just like the Cowboys and and some of the other uh, uh, teams that had resolved their stadiums prior to the Vikings, you know, helped helped us. You know, here's, here's what you have to think about. I think the one, the, besides being a local solution, obviously, um, I think the, the approach that we took in Minnesota, I think, was a smart one in that it became more of a real estate a- approach, which is we had to find a site, find a partner, meaning a local government partner. And we remember we started in Anoka, then we went to Arden Hills, and we evolved back to Minneapolis. But the key was finding that the, the location, the partner, and then turning it into a real estate project in the sense that we had to show visuals visually. This is what it would look like, and we had to study the roads and the and the security and those those types of things. But I think the bottom line is each community has has to you know they need local leadership, they need state leadership. It, these are expensive facilities, but as you've seen from U.S. Bank Stadium, they can be tremendous benefits to the community. And uh, we're really really pleased, obviously, with U.S. Bank Stadium. We think it's the best in the in the NFL and one of the best uh, facilities in the world. Uh, but so we're trying to help Buffalo, and we've talked with folks in Carolina, and we've talked with folks in Cleveland, and we've talked with folks in other communities because they want to know how'd you guys accomplish that mission because it's pretty impressive, meaning the stadium itself. Well, you mentioned real estate a couple of times. I had a chance to drive by your Egan property. Obviously, there's construction going on out there. People haven't seen it. There's a great football field there. You're going to feature some high school games on that field. Yeah, we just announced on Friday that our prep spotlight where we'll have three uh, rivalry games uh, at TCO Stadium out in Egan this year. Last year we had five uh, football, high school football games. We were able to uh, have some quarterfinal playoffs. This year we will not be able to host the, the playoffs, but we do have uh, Shakopee versus Eden Prairie on September 20. Uh, we've got um, Chaska versus Apple Valley on September 27. And then the following day on Saturday the 28th, we actually have some greater Minnesota schools coming up. We've got uh, a good rivalry, Rochester Mayo, versus um, uh, versus Mankato West. Governor uh, Walls happened to coach football at Mankato West. I think he's going to come out to that that football game. But it, it's a great venue. And it's a great setup. We have uh, 7,500 seats, and uh, we expect to have full house. And uh, it's really a great opportunity to involve communities, uh, kids, students, uh, cheerleaders, band, um, and and it's it, we had last year great success, and we're going to build on it this year. So so in five years, what does that look like? We're going to have a hotel, apartments, restaurants. Uh, the lakes are going to be used in some capacity. What, what will it feel like? Well, we we want it to feel like a a destination, like a live, work, play destination, and that's kind of the vision. And it's been you know I, when I started working with the Will family 14 plus years ago. We were a football team, and you know we were trying to build a stadium, and we were 
you know, focused on, on football. But since then, we're still focused on our number one priority, winning the Lombardi Trophy. But we've evolved more into a real estate, sports, and entertainment operation, which has been a, a blessing to work with with the family and with uh, the leadership group at the Vikings. But, you know, we're, we're looking at we have 200 acres, and there may be more um, acquisition uh, down the road, but we're, we have 200 acres that includes the team headquarters and practice facility, which is about 38 acres, so we still have another 160 to develop. We've, we've got a great partnership with Twin Cities Orthopedics. We have a medical office building. We have a training house. Uh, and then in, and coming up, we have the football field, which will host high school football, as we talked about. But we're looking at residential. We're looking at a hotel, the hotel um, is already on its 11th floor of construction. It'll be open in about a year. Vikings and Viking fans will stay there. Vikings will stay there for training camp. It'll support training camp. Uh, so the overall project, 200-plus acres, and we're looking at maybe a curling center, having, you know, again, sports entertainment. Um, we've, the Will family has invested in eSports. You know, they, they invested more than $20 million in, in video games, basically, virtual, virtual sports. Um, so there's all these all these programs that are coming, and you know we'll see because the market will drive what the the facility and the overall acreage will look like. But we've got a good start with all those things coming. Take a quick break here. We're talking to Lester Bagley, uh, Minnesota State Fair live. Back right after this, you're listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back here live from the Minnesota State Fair. We have been joined by Sid Hartman. How about a nice hand for? Uh, That's enough. That's a good one. That's plenty. Uh, all right. Now, back, Lester Bagley. Lester, uh, Vikings, how, you know, you're 3-0, and but these games don't count a whole lot. How would you say uh, training camp has gone, your impressions of the first three games, and how do you account for that sour look on your coach's face yeah. most of the game yesterday? Well, uh, it is. It's We have a good team, We have, and I'm just parroting Coach Zimmer. We have a chance to be good, uh, really good this year. Uh, I actually like to see him a little grumpy because that's usually his normal state of being. Yeah, that's he's, the normal. Yep. Yeah. He was. He's been in a decent mood this camp, and and uh, <laughs> but you know, and so to get him a little, get him a little fired up, because um, he has that unique ability to motive to really yell and use his foot um, on the rears of our players to get our guys motivated. Yet they still love him and are motivated by him and want to follow him. He's a great leader in that sense. Uh, but yeah, we do have we have a, a veteran team. Uh, we have a deep team. I know we have 90 guys on our roster right now, and a lot of them will be playing for a, a roster spot this this next game in Buffalo. But uh, not a lot of decisions. I mean, not a lot of room left on the bottom of our roster. But but certainly uh, intrigue as we go into the last game. So team is good, looking good. You know, knock on wood, been healthy relatively. Got a couple of guys coming back who haven't played yet, Mike Hughes and Linval Joseph. When those guys get back, looking forward to that. Uh, Brian O'Neill has had a little, uh, little dinged up, but he he hasn't played. So getting him back and getting the getting the full squad against Atlanta on September 8, uh, we're excited about it. We have a chance to be good, really good, and 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 we are we are a very very good team, very good veteran team. So. Uh, offensive line looking better, so I'm very excited. I know uh, I know our fans are as well. You know, the NFL in general has fought uh, uh, the concussion, and football in general has fought the concussion issue. Uh, where where do you think the NFL is at with that in terms of getting their arms around it and trying to be a leader 
in in not deflating the issue, but in in you know there's safe practice, there's right. different ways to hit, different ways to practice. But I always feel like any of us that consider ourselves in the football community are on the defensive. Yeah. Yeah, and you know player health and safety is paramount, and that is what uh, we're, we're, every day we want to make sure that the, the players are safe and trying to take the, the head out of the game. And, and the NFL is invested in, in research and then in new helmets and new technology. Obviously, the, the, the rule changes and some of those things of, of, of uh, penalizing players who, uh, who, who do uh, violate those things. Uh, so rule changes, uh, helmet changes, and we also have uh, full-time physicians uh, and, and doctors, but not only on the Viking staff, but at the NFL, who are working every day on, on, on these issues. So there's an investment, a significant investment in dollars uh, in this issue, but it is, it is something that we want to uh, address because, because that's what, you know, we're seeing a, a bit of a decline in uh, particip- youth participation. And yeah. moms are making decisions. At the decisions. lower levels, yep. yeah. And that's what it's, 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 it's health and safety. And so one of the things we're doing at the Vikings, besides the things I talked about, is focusing on youth camps and te- proper tackling techniques and safety and how to how to do it right from the grassroots up and, and giving kids more of an opportunity to learn at those early stages. So doing everything we can, it's an important issue, and uh, we want it. We you know we want our players to, to stay in the game, stay healthy, and uh, so nothing more important than that. Lester, uh, maybe time for one more question here. We appreciate your joining us nice and early on a Sunday morning. You actually teed this up earlier with eSports. I've seen some statistics online. People may not be aware of how big a market this not only is, but could be. The numbers are astounding. Yeah, eSports, particularly in the in the Far East, in, in Korea, in China, um, you know, they're, they're playing eSports. They're actually um, drawing crowds in in basketball arenas they're filling up arenas to watch gamers play sports on video games so there's the timberwolves have invested in this the minnesota united has invested in this the viking ownership has invested in this future uh it's it's got tremendous potential it's a little bit of a gamble we'll see how it how it shakes out but uh but it is it is it is something that that is coming and uh, we're, you know, as we as we evolve our Viking Lakes facility, we're looking at creating potentially uh, a venue to, to host five, six thousand uh, fans watching esports, watching competition. So need to uh, we need to continue to work on that and see where it heads. But it's an investment that that we've made now for the future. You and Charlie, your son is out here. He's got a great personality. Have a good time out here, Lester. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dave. Now, what, Sid, uh, he got so excited okay. about your answer on eSports. He wants okay. to ask yeah, one yep. question. Sid? Sid? What are the big events do you have coming with the U.S. Bank Stadium? Well, U.S. Bank Stadium, I know there's a number of concerts that are coming. You know, we had we just finished uh, X Games. We'll have X Games again next. I don't think the concerts have been announced, and they probably don't want me to announce them. But, um, but there are there are a number of uh, uh, great mu- music acts coming, and uh, they do a great job down there. It's an amazing stadium. It's great for it's great for for Vikings football, but we also have high school football, the state championships there. We got concerts. We got X Games. We have soccer. So lots Let's of stuff coming. Let's cut to the chase. He wants to know the tractor pull is because yeah. that's all Sid cares all right. about is getting to that tractor pull. I'll I'll get him the details on the <laughs> on the tractor pull. Thanks guys, appreciate All right, you. That's Lester Thanks Bagley. Lester. Have a nice hand for Lester Bagley of the Minnesota Vikings.
We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike from the Minnesota State Fair. All right, we are back here live at the Minnesota State Fair. Nice crowd. All the chairs, all the benches are filled. A lot of people standing. I just want to, for people just getting here, I want to go over what's coming up. P.J. Fleck will be on the phone at 10.05. Then live here at 10.30, Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes, 50% of the Vikings' defensive starting backfield will be here live with us at 10.30. Jake Cave of the Minnesota Twins on the phone at 10.45. Mark Coyle at 11.05. Manny Lagas at 11.20 from the Minnesota Loons. Now I'm going to be a chance to do something you rarely had a chance to do. You're going to applaud for an umpire. Let's have a nice welcome for Tim Cheetah. Tim, let me let me start it. You, you worked with These the, are my people. These Mike, are your these people. Are people. You work this out here every year. This is it for you. So, so we got more home runs, but they're trying to keep the game shorter. I don't know if you can do both. Wh- which would you prefer? What's better for baseball, more home runs or a shorter game? A uh, shorter game. You think so? I think in the long run, yeah. I think uh, I think the more home run thing is it is what it is, as the yep. old saying goes. I hate to use cliches, but um, this. Philosophy that the ball's juiced and everything else. I've heard I heard that my whole career. Every time offensive numbers go up, they say the ball's juiced. Well, we heard that through the steroid era. We've heard it how many different times over the years. But the fact, to me, the fact is they just swing for home runs. They don't. Hitters are no longer uh, considered a failure to strike out, and they're not afraid to strike out. Uh, and, and I mean, back when I broke in, if you if you had runners on second and third base and you struck out, you did not put the ball in play. That that hitter did not enter the dugout where Billy Martin was standing. He went down to the other end of the dugout to make sure he didn't get yelled at because his job was to put it in play. Today, not the case. Now they, they strike out, they go back, they pat him on the head, say, you know, get him next time. Uh, so it, 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 isn't, it isn't the ball. It, 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 it's... There's no silver bullet. It's a combination of a lot of things. Pitchers are are pitching differently. They don't necessarily challenge hitters as much. They try to pitch around them, uh, which usually makes them fall behind in the count. And when you're behind in the count facing major league hitters, it's going to be a long day for you. So when you combine these things, that's what it creates. But even, I don't know, there was a day last week where I was, I always look at the final scores the next day. There was a 4-1, to one, a 3-2, to two, a 1 to nothing on the same night. And they're all using the same ball. So I'm not so sure you can tell me that the ball's juiced. And juiced kind of has a connotation to it that, that, that it's, it's purposely being made in a certain way. I, I, I just I don't buy it. Sid? You like it better now that the National and American League are together years, years ago when you were. Just the American League. They were part. separate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was disappointed. For one reason and happy for another. When I just worked in the American League, which lasted for 15 years, I had a lot of friends in Boston and, and, you know, cities that we went to repeatedly. Um, So instead of going to those cities four times a year, now you go once, maybe twice. But then when they combine the staff, so it's all MLB umpires now, you work all cities. I got a chance to work in Dodger Stadium. I got a chance to work in San Francisco. I got a chance to go to Pittsburgh, uh, other towns that I'd never been to, and and, and I I enjoyed that. Um, The only downside to it now is, for example, 
if you travel to the west, you can start in Denver and then you go to Phoenix. All right, that's a week. Then you go to San Diego, Anaheim, that's another week. L.A., San Francisco, it's another week. You, you can spend five weeks in the western time zone before you make your way back this way. So you're, a home, you're away from home more than, than you used to be when you only had 14 cities. But in the long run, I, I, I liked it. Uh, this is Tim Cheetah speaking, and after we take a break, we're going to go to the audience and give you a chance to ask questions. There's maybe questions you've had on an umpire. We may get to them before you do, but we'll invite you to come up front, so be ready for that. Tim, uh, we talk about this every time we have you on. Are we ever going to see the day that balls and strikes are called by a machine? You know, I, I waffle on it day in from one day to the next. Uh, I, I guess deep down I see I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen someday, but I have no problem with technology, but I'm against bad technology. And, you know, when, when technology crashes, it crashes. I mean, everybody here probably has had their computer freeze up on them at one point or another, and it stops you completely from being able to do your job, and you can't even get out of it manually. You just got to wait till the thing comes back up. Um, half the PhDs on the planet work for Boeing. All right, they've been making airplanes for how many years and how many times have they done well? Well, they've had a pretty bad year. And so is it necessarily the answer? Uh, Major League umpires operate right now on about a 97% accuracy rate, which is an average game is 300 pitches, so 150 of those pitches have to be judged. The other ones are swung at or put in place, so it didn't require an umpire's decision. So you're talking 150 pitches at... Uh, 3% error, you know, what is that, four or five pitches a game? Is it really necessary to to go to technology for such a small margin? Are you going to break? Because I, I would, no, no, I would like to. we've got another uh, four minutes here. Perfect, four minutes. Well, then, uh, there, years ago, before the technology really came in, there was a gentleman who who invented the simulator for NASA, for the for the Apollo programs. And he came to Major League Baseball, and he said, I can build you a simulator where you can help train your umpires. You can literally get in this thing. You can dial up uh, August 14th, Seattle, 2 p.m. start, overcast skies. You can put in any factor you want. Randy Johnson pitching against Justin Verlander and plug it in and work a game. Do Literally just go through that game using that as a training tool versus versus you know being evaluated electronically by your live scores all major airlines require their pilots to go into the simulator x amount of hours per year to maintain their skills to refresh i would rather see baseball go in that direction i think i think you can probably take that 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 error margin down a half a percentage and a half a little bit more rather than using i just I just can't envision watching a Major League Baseball game with electronic ball strike calling. I, I think it, it's going to add. Neither can Frank Viola, apparently. Uh, well, Frankie, Frankie, <laughs> well, Frankie, Frankie yelled Frank at me. Frank let as, him have it in the minor league game. Uh, when they tried he, that, yeah. he yelled at me as much as he yelled at that machine, too. So, you know, don't let him off the hook completely. But uh, I just, I, 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 can't, I can't envision what it's going to be like to watch a game with that in play. You know, replay and everything else is designed to be able to, to correct something that is clearly incorrect. But when you start relying on it to 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 use it for the constant use of officiating, I I, I hope it doesn't happen. All right, Sid's got a question I mean, before we break. You don't seem to be managers like Billy Martin, Earl Weaver, 
They really went to the umpires. That's missing. Well, that's because they get the, everything reviewed now, the controversial Yeah, calls, there's right? no arguments with, with instant replay. That's why every ejection you see, what's it over? Thank you. Balls and strikes. And that's it's automatic. The only, it's the right? only thing they got left. And, you know, and I'll tell you how it plays out. Down in the dugout, next time you watch the Twins, you see where the Baldelli and those guys stand. They're on the first step right by the railing, all right, to their shoulder. There's the tunnel that goes to the clubhouse. Down behind there, there's a restroom in an area about half the size of this little stage right here. And there's a big screen about the size of this window. And somebody down there is watching the game. And the umpire calls a pitch. And if that little box on Fox says ball and he said strike, they just go yell at him. They just say it's outside, and they go, and they go, come on, let's go, let's go. And I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. It's or, true. Or if they're trying to protect the pitcher and, and getting good with their own, trying, trying to show the pitcher that they care, right? Correct, correct. But they have no idea. You can't, no. you can't sit in the dugout and tell inside and outside. You're not. I'm not that good. I don't know who anybody else is. But that's that's how it works. And if they decide they're looking for a chance to get ejected because they think they got to fire up their team, they just wait for a close ball strike decision and start chirping on it. And you're happy to help. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. This gives you a chance, you being the people in our audience, to come up and ask a question to an umpire. Tim Cheat will be happy to respond to that. As we go to break, I want to invite people to visit our booth and take a photo as a Curian Financial photo booth to capture every moment because every moment counts. Their slogan is, every moment counts and that is right over there as we go to break. You can line up in front. We'll get your questions ready for Tim Cheetah, and we'll talk to him right after this break. You're listening from the State Fair to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right. We are back here live at the Minnesota State Fair. I want to invite you, if you're at the fair, you're thirsty, free Connecticut water here. Also, we're out on the uh, new, newly remodeled uh, plaza booth here and this uh, furniture from Patio Town Furniture. Now, we asked people if they had questions for Tim Cheetah. we got a nice lineup here at the fair. We're going to ask people to identify themselves, tell us name where they're from, and ask uh, Tim Cheetah their question. We'll start right here. Hello, my name is Chester. I'm from St. Cloud. And I want to follow up a little on that strike zone uh, comments. Um, does the size of the strike zone vary much between umpires? Sometimes you hear uh, an umpire squeezing somebody, or, yep. or they say an umpire has a uh, wide or a large strike zone. Legitimate and, question. And then yeah. does that really happen? And then the follow-up is if you, if you blow a strike and ball call, do you ever try and compensate later? Whoa. Never! Whoa, Chester, good one. Sit down, Chester. <laughs> we're going to go to Rudy Giuliani. Right <laughs> no, Tim, no, I can't get off the spot. Uh, okay, does it vary from umpire to umpire? In today's game, much less than it did. Uh, back, uh, let's see, in the year 2000, uh, it was when they put in an electronic evaluation system for all umpires. So if you umpire home plate tonight, by 10 a.m. tomorrow, you have an email from the umpire's website that tells you exactly what you scored, what you performed at what level. And if you score now, when they first put it in, if you were 90% or above, you you met the standard. If you were below 90%, you failed to meet the standard. If you were 92 or above, you exceeded the standard. Then the umpires gradually adjusted to the system to the point where now the numbers are 97 and above exceeds, 96 meets, 95 fails to meet. So they have brought their games up to this level. So the disparity from one umpire to the next is pretty much a, is gone. Uh, th- th- there'll be a trend here and a trend there, but it's not 
you know, the, that old expression you heard where a guy would say, well, that's my strike zone. Well, who the heck are you to say that it's your strike zone? It's not. It's a rule book strike zone. And I'm not sure it ever should have been that way, but players adjusted to umpire X and umpire Y from day to day. But today, uh, it, it really is non-existent. But it's a, it's a very, very good question. As far as making it up is concerned, you don't have time to think that way. Um, you don't have time to evaluate the pitch that you just called because in 12 to 15 seconds, you're going to have another pitch to deal with. So if you got it right, you don't have time to celebrate and pat yourself on the back for being good because here comes another one at 98, and you're, now your job is your next pitch. Just like golf, the most important shot is your next shot. Umpiring, it's it's the same way. Uh, would you like to make up for it? Sure. But uh, at the professional level, on television and all other places, uh, you just can't do that. All right, next question. Gordy from uh, Shakopee. How significant really are all these home run records? They keep talking about this, all these home run records. How significant are they with, with everybody's hitting the ball out in terms of – but the other question I was wondering is, Steroids, has that affected how the game is played today? Are the statistics different because there's steroid testing now? I'm, I always wondered about that. Um, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I think, don't know any umpires that are on steroids. No, I not, tried, anymore, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no. I, tr- I tried it once and I shrunk, so I gave it up. Uh, the original question being how significant are the home run totals? Everybody swings for the fence. Everybody swings for the fence nowadays. Oh, absolutely, but the basic fundamental of the game has changed. It uh, it used to be a pitcher. Your job was to throw strikes and make him hit the ball, and the batter's job was if you see a strike, take a good swing at it. Well, now it's completely opposite. Pitcher's job, I'd like to meet the guy that came up with the philosophy that he made a mistake, he threw him a strike. How many times do you hear that on a broadcast now? Oh, he made a mistake, he threw him one over the plate. Well, you know, Kirby Puckett only went six for six once in his life. So throw it over and make them hit it. But they don't. They, they they throw to a portion of the strike zone, not to the center. And so it's just like darts. They're not trying to throw bullseyes. They're trying to throw double 17s and all this and that. You're not going to get away with pitching to the perimeter all night long. So it gives hitters just a much greater chance when they're behind, when they're heading the count to hit home runs, and that's what's happening. All right, I'm trying to get play. two more questions in here. Yeah. Michael Thompson from St. Paul. I was just wondering, where do these guys come from? What's, is there any training involved? Do they go through any process? Who you mean the umpires, the right? Umpires, yeah. Yeah. Good question. Anybody here, if you're 18 years old or above and you got $4,000 in your, in your pocket and a high school diploma, you can go to a Major League Baseball umpire school and, and uh, uh, compete for a job. Uh, about 450 students a year try to get in. About 30 of them will get hired. After the first year, 15 of them will quit. The second year, it just goes like this. It's a pyramid that starts here, goes here, 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 here. And after about seven or eight years, one of those original 400 will spit out and make it to the major leagues. That is considered to be a successful year. Wow. Whoa. Good question. Good answer. Hi. Uh, Rich from Cormorant. Um, I'm not trying to date you here, but did you ever play in the days of the pillow chest protector? And do you think that the equipment you wear now is ample, or, or did the pillow protect your arms better? I got it. Can, um, hang, you know, can you hang in there longer with the pillow? Uh, yeah. uh, good Tim, question. Before you answer, first of all, this is not a dating bureau. So he, yeah, I know. I, I, I don't want to date you, which is good because I don't want to date you either. <laughs> uh, the balloon protector is was around for back in the day, uh, but they were discovering that when you wore the balloon, you worked directly over the catcher's head. 
Well, they found out that when you foul a pitch straight back at 98 miles an hour, it actually picks up speed, so it hits you at 102 or 103 miles an hour. And the guys that wore those protectors once they retired weren't living very long. They they were they had suffered concussions way back in the day that they were unaware of. And now, you know, you work with the catcher's head here, you're off to one side or the other. So when you do get hit, it's usually a glancing blow. But we've all seen this year there's been, I don't know how many home games where the umpire had to leave the game because he got hit square. Well, what happens there is that catcher moves way inside and it forces your head up into the wheelhouse, and the guy was getting hit square. And when you get hit square, and it, the masks today are more of a problem than the protector because masks are made of titanium. When, when I broke in, they were made of steel, and if you got hit hard, the mask would actually dent a little bit. So the mask was taking the blow. Now it's titanium, and it doesn't give at all. So what gives is your neck, and you get whiplash. And I've been concussed. I was out for 60-some days one year, about, I don't know, 2,000, before concussions were even on the radar for umpires. They didn't know what was wrong with me. They thought I had MS. They thought I had a b- other, bunch of other things before they realized later on that it was a concussion. Wow. And, and Sid Hartman never wore a mask umpiring, and look at that end result. That's not good. <laughs> umpires. Are they finding young, good Yama umpires to replace the older guys? Uh, yes, they are, and they have, actually. I would say the, the staff is, well, I'm 59 years old now. I retired when I was 53. Uh, I would say there's probably... Uh, 10 guys right now out of 80-some that are in their 50s, the turnover is back. So they have a young staff now that, again, if you follow the game, there's probably 20, 30 names out there you've never heard before. They've all, they're have all they all new in the last two or three years. So that, that wave is, is currently underway right now. And, yes, fortunately, the replay that I was really concerned about was that it would take away the incentive to do a good job because you could rely on the electronics. It's not happening. The guys are still trying to get it right themselves the first time. They should be lauded for that, applauded for that, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But it's, you know. All right, 30 seconds. If you could make one change, what would it be? In the game? Yep. Um, Boy, I would say the DH. Yeah. I'd like to see it gone. Uh, the, the game has better ebb and flow when you've got, you know, every three innings that pitcher can get through uh, on 10, 12 pitches with the seven, eight, nine hitters because, you know, the American League has a DH hitting ninth with 25 home runs. It goes too quick. Let's hear it for Tim Cheetah. And then I just want to give a little tease. The 10 o'clock hour, we'll have P.J. Fleck on the phone at 10.05, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes here on this platform at 10.30. You'll want to stick around for that. Mark Cole at 11. Lot, two more hours of entertainment uh, to go on the Sports Auto. We're live at the State Fair. Sid, Dave, and Mike. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 